The good news is finally here. Friends, listen to me. This is serious business. What the world needs today is Jesus. The Bible says in John 3.16 that for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. And hello everyone and welcome to our program, The Truth Will Set You Free, Bible Prophecy Edition. I'm Big Batista, along with my co-host Nathan Jones, where we're Lamb, Lion, Ministry. And we thank you for being part of our program today, as we're going to be talking about the subject matter of prophecy and grace, and what that looks like in the book of Ezekiel. So we want to encourage you to get your Bibles and follow along with us, as we will be in Ezekiel chapter 20. For those of you following us on social media, we'd love for you to share this program with your friends and family, so they can follow along with us. But before we continue, we're going to ask, I'm going to ask my co-host Nathan Jones if he will open us up with a word of prayer. Lord Jesus, we thank you for 2023, this new year, Lord, uh, the excitement of reading your word and growing. We thank you for all those who have tuned in and are joining us as this study, as uh, we try to understand you better and your will and your purposes and your future that you have in plan for us. We thank you for all tuned in. And we thank you for you, especially in your precious name, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Again, you're tuned into the Truth Will Set You Free Bible Prophecy Edition. Big Batista, Nathan Jones, as we are talking on the topic of prophecy and grace. So we ask you to stay tuned and be part of today's program. But before we continue, I'm going to welcome my co-host of the program, Nathan Jones. Nathan, it's great to have you on. Brother, always good to be on with you. Thank you for all of y'all tuning in with us for another year on the Truth Will Set You Free, a, the podcast ministry of Lamb and Lion Ministry. So thank you for joining us. Yes, and those of you that are, of course, on social media, we'd love for you to share with your friends and family uh, uh, regarding our program. And Nathan, for someone who's new to the program and doesn't know how to get a hold of our resources, can you share with them what we do and how they can get a hold of those resources? Absolutely. Well, our passion is to proclaim the soon return of Jesus Christ. We do that primarily through our television program, Christ in Prophecy, which has been airing since 2002. So this is year 21. Praise the Lord. And uh, folks can reach us through our website at ChristInProphecy.org or download the Lamb and Lion app. Uh, those are great ways to connect with us. We've recently uh, connected with Pray.com. And so you might be listening to this on the Pray.com platform. We welcome you. And uh, so, again, check us out on our website. It's chock full of videos, articles, um, newsletters, and social media links that will help you grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ. Mm, thank you so much, Nathan. Yeah, wonderful information for you to grow. I know there's a lot of people out there that are wondering what uh, these uh, events that are happening today have to do with Bible prophecy. And uh, Nathan, that's a wonderful thing. They can go there to our website and just find information going back to even up to over 20 years of um, information regarding prophecy and being able to understand the signs of the times. Oh, more than 20 years. Dr. David Reagan, our founder, founded the ministry back in uh, 1980. And so the ministry now has been proclaiming uh, the Lord's return for 42 years. That sounds kind of odd, right? I mean, weren't we expecting him soon? Well, we say soon, that means the season, not the day. Uh, but we know he's coming back soon. But uh, Dr. Reagan has uh, since uh, gone on emeritus status. Now Tim Moore, who's our new director, and myself, the internet evangelist, and along with Vic and Patrick and other evangelists on staff, are all trying to uh, continue his mission, and that's to proclaim the soon return of Jesus Christ, to help people grow in their relationship with the Lord, grow in their faith, and also get excited about the Lord's soon return like we are. We believe he's coming back soon, and we want the whole world to know it and be ready, prepare their hearts for his return. 
I love that. So I, I love that, Nathan. We believe the Lord is coming soon. And who knows? It might be this year. We don't know the day or the hour, but we see the season, right, Nathan? <laughs> Absolutely. You know, I'm not talking about season like winter, spring, summer, or fall. We mean the, the era or the time period when the Lord said he'd return. He said when Israel would become a nation again, that generation would see him return. Israel's been a nation since 1948. We live in that era, that season of the Lord's return. Praise the Lord. We say Maranatha. Nathan, you and I have making our way through the book of Ezekiel, and we find ourselves in Ezekiel chapter 20. We were looking at verses 27 uh, through um, 28. And uh, again, we were talking about the spiritual condition of the people of Israel, and Ezekiel is pleading with them to repent, to turn back to God. And as we continue, we find again the people of Israel indulging in idolatry. They're worshiping things that are made out of wood and stone. And again, you and I have spoken about this. Sometimes people think that idolatry is bowing down to just uh, those idols of wood and stone. But you agree, right, Nathan, that really idolatry starts in the heart. And we see so much of that even today uh, in the world that we live in. Yeah, idolatry is just a form of rebellion against God to set up another God in God's place to try to elevate ourselves, really what it is. And so it's been the sin of humanity since back in Adam and Eve's day. And that's why... We need a savior, Jesus Christ, who died on the cross, the perfect sacrifice for our sins. And he did all the work of salvation. When we put our faith and trust in him, we are saved. And so it's been exciting, uh, Vic, to go through the book of Ezekiel. It's a long book, 48 chapters, uh, but it's chock full of Bible. There's that word again, chock full of Bible prophecy. And uh, you and I have been here in chapter 20. And uh, just to give a little context here, we're about 600 B.C., uh, the Jewish people have fallen into sin again and again for hundreds of years. So Moses's prophecy from Deuteronomy 18 has now come true. Uh, excuse me, 28. Deuteronomy 28 has now come true that the Jewish people uh, would be exiled for their sins. So this is the, the last holdout, Jerusalem. That's all that's left of the nation of Israel. And the elders have called Ezekiel in and they're like, uh, you know, we want to talk to God here. What's the deal? And so Ezekiel's laying it out. First person, God saying, hey. You've rejected me. You've rejected my moral law. You've rejected uh, any uh, repentance and turning back to me. So uh, this is going to happen. You guys are going to go into exile. So in the last few episodes of The Truth Will Set You Free, Vic and I covered uh, the earlier parts of chapter 20 about what the Lord said to him. But we're actually going to get into a really neat part. And we're going to get into a part where the Lord will now bring, tell him about future blessings, that he will restore a Rem, repentant remnant. So, Vic, I'm excited that we're gotten to this point now. Absolutely, Nathan. We want to encourage anyone to follow along with us with their Bibles as we're going to pick it up there in Ezekiel chapter 20, beginning on 27 through 28. Would you be able to start us out with those two verses, Nathan? Sure. Therefore, son of man, speak to the people of Israel and say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says. In this also, your ancestors blaspheme me by being unfaithful to me. When I brought them into the land, I had sworn to give them, and they saw any high hill or any leafy tree. There they offered their sacrifices, made offerings that aroused my anger, presented their fragrant incense, and poured out their drink offerings. And, and, and as we look at this, uh, we see this progression, uh, you know, with the children of Israel, and uh, and they're really, they're bent uh, on disobeying uh, the things of the Lord. And, and here, clearly, we see, uh, you know, w the places where they will go to uh, 
worship and commit these hideous crimes. And, uh, uh, you know, uh, when it speaks about there, those high places, we know through our history that that was the practice uh, of the, um, if, you, if you will, the, uh, the, the Baal worship or the, uh, the uh, false gods of the false religions. And somehow or other, they were adapting to that type of culture. And it kind of reminds me, sad to say, uh, even the early church of today, where were so many people adapting to the ways of the culture. And that's why I was saying that sometimes people say, well, I don't worship idols like these individuals did. But we are. We are really conforming more and more to the culture around us. And sometimes it's even hard to distinguish uh, true Christians from the world. <laughs> oh, Absolutely. And that was what Joshua, when he led the Israelites into the land of Canaan, the Lord commanded him to destroy the evil nations around them. I mean, we're talking about hideous, child-sacrificing, murderous, rapist nations. I mean, they were the worst of the worst. There was no redemption for them. The Lord had given them 400 years to turn away from their sins, and they didn't. So he sent the Jewish people into the land, and they were supposed to remove these people and destroy all their, their false gods so that they wouldn't be corrupted by them. Well, as usual, the Jewish people did kind of a half-baked job there. I'm talking about the Jewish people in antiquity. And they didn't follow the Lord fully as uh, he had asked them to do. So they started adopting. Well, we can worship Yahweh, God, of the Bible. But we're going to also worship Baal, the storm god, and Ashtoreth, the you know, goddess of love, and all these other. And they brought in the practices of these people. The, they would go up onto the mountaintops and burn incense and, and have... Uh, really just temple prostitutes, uh, horrible sexual uh, acts, uh, very hedonistic, uh, to the point where they even were sacrificing their children to Molech, horrible, horrible stuff. And uh, God says, hey, this angers me. I brought you out to be a people to represent me to the world, to show my love and my purity to the world. And you guys have turned out no better than the other people surrounding you. And that's what God's answer is to the elders of Jerusalem at this time. Nathan, and I love that. And we find there in verses 29 through 32, uh, God, he loves his people, even though they were rebelling. Uh, oftentimes, even as Christians, we know what we should do and we just uh, choose not to do it. And, and we find that we, we really we're the ones who are losing out because God has so many wonderful things for us. But like a loving father and a gentle father, he continues to correct his people to, uh, you know, the Bible says that it's the love of God, right, Nathan, that brings some to brings people to repentance. And that's what we hope that our uh, listening audience will find here in scriptures is how God is pleading with people. He doesn't want to destroy people. He wants them to return to him. And we see that picture here in verse 29 through 32 of, of God's grace, because it says, it says in verse 29 of, of Ezekiel 20, then I said to them, what is this high place to which you go? So its name is Kobam to this day. Bama, therefore, say to the house of Israel, thus says the Lord God, are you defiling yourselves in the manner of your fathers and committing harlotry according to their abominations? Verse 31. I love this. For when you offer your gifts and make your sons pass through the fire, you defile yourselves with all your idols, even to the day. So shall I be inquired of you, O house of Israel, as I live, says the Lord God, I will not be inquired of you. Notice what you have in your mind shall never be 
when you say we will be like the Gentiles, like the families of their countries, serving wood and stone. And Nathan, I love verse 32 because God is almost saying that this is not the plan that I have for you. You're going in the wrong direction. And even in their in their stiff neck situation, God is still here willing to try to turn them around. Well, it's interesting, too, that uh, what the people are calling on God to help them when they're at their very, very last leg. I mean, we're talking about the, the northern 10 tribes of Israel were taken by the Syrians in 722 BC. And then uh, Nebuchadnezzar from Babylon uh, started removing the, uh, the people of Judah and Judah and Benjamin. And so the nation of Judah was destroyed pretty much. And then Jerusalem had been attacked numerous times by Nebuchadnezzar. Ezekiel himself had been marched off into exile. Uh, somehow he's back here in Jerusalem again. I'll have to research and find out how he's back here answering their questions. So what we got here is the elders are finally, after turning to idols for hundreds of years, are finally turning to God. Like, help, help, help. What do we do? What do we do? Uh, why aren't you saving us? We're your people. And God here has pretty much showed them, well, they aren't his people. They've turned away from him and chased after other gods, false gods, demons for so long that it's like, you're not my people. I don't have to talk to you and answer you anymore. And so he didn't. <laughs> And, and, you know, and, the, and that's exactly uh, something that we have, you know, sometimes people are praying, they're wondering, well, why isn't God answering my prayer? And I oftentimes challenge people to look at their personal walk with the Lord. What are they involved in? Is this something that maybe is not pleasing to the Lord? And he's not going to answer those prayers. And we're and, and if that's it's if that's you today and you're finding yourself in a situation where you're saying, man, I just don't hear God. I would encourage you to take inventory of your spiritual life and ask the Lord if there might be something there that is hindering you from hearing him. And Nathan, God is so good that a lot of times if we really want to hear, he'll speak to us if we're listening. You bring up a very good point. Sin in our life will always ruin the line of communication between us and God. It will start pushing us away from praying. It will push us away from reading the Bible, uh, from our Christian contacts, from going to church. And uh, sin will always destroy. It's like in the wintertime when ice, uh, the water gets into the cracks and then it freezes into ice and it breaks apart the mountains and the pavement and the potholes. <laughs> you know what the roads are like. And that's what sin does to us. And that's what it did to the people of Israel. But, you know, it really showed the, the profanity of them, if you think about it, is because they knew that they were supposed to be God's people. Because here at their worst time, they finally call out to him for, for help. Like, hey, you know, where are you? And it's interesting that the people, they had let, they'd run after their sin thinking that God would always be there for them. But they forgot Moses' prophecy that if they continue to openly rebel against God for long term, he would send them to exile. And that's exactly what was happening. Absolutely. And, and Nathan, again, you know, God loves people and he has a wonderful plan for them. But God is also uh, a God of uh, justice. And, uh, you know, sometimes people think they're getting away with things here like the children of Israel, but, but they're not. And we find that God still has a wonderful plan in action, because as we look at verses 33 uh, through 41, I want to encourage any of you that have a Bible and are following along with us. If you have a pen handy, I want you to pay close attention to the 
personal relationship here with where, where we find the word I in almost every verse. God is making it personal what he wants to say to the children of Israel, maybe what he wants to say to you today. So, Nathan, would you be able to pick it up with me there? Verses 33 through 36 and now read verses 37 through 41 in Ezekiel 20, just in case someone doesn't have a Bible. Absolutely. And just before we get into it, folks, notice that there's a shift here because we got from God condemning the disobedient remnant to then turning his eyes to the believing remnant that he will preserve through the exile and then restore. So picking up in verse 33, as surely as I live, declares the sovereign Lord, I will reign over you with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm and with outpoured wrath. I will bring you from the nations and gather you from the countries where you've been scattered with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm and with outpoured wrath. I will bring you into the wilderness of the nations and there face to face I will execute judgment upon you. And as I judge your ancestors in the wilderness, the land of Egypt, so I will judge you, declares the sovereign Lord. I love this. And he says, uh, uh, verse 37, I will make you pass under the rod and I will bring you into the bond of covenant. I will purge the rebels from among you and those who trespass against me, I will bring them out of the country where they sojourn, but they shall not enter the land of Israel. Then you will know that I am the Lord. I love the verse 39. As for you, O house of Israel, thus says the Lord God, serve every one of you his idols. And, and, he, and, uh, and hereafter, if you will not obey me, but profane my holy name no more with your gifts and your idols. Verse 40, he says, For on my holy mountain, on the mountain high of Israel, says the Lord God, there all the house of Israel of them in the land of perverse me, there I will accept them, and there I will acquire your offering and the first fruits of your sacrifice together with all your holy things. I will accept you as a sweet aroma which I bring out from the people and gather you out of the countries where you have been scattered and I will be hallowed in your in you before the Gentiles. Nathan, I just noticed so many times there where the word I popped up. I will, I will. And we see God is doing an awesome thing. He will do what he promised to do. And uh, it reminds me in, in the book of Exodus, chapter 3, Nathan, verses 11 through uh, uh, 14, uh, when God appeared there to Moses and uh, he, he wanted him to know him by his name, the great I am. And that's what came to my mind. So I just keep looking at these verses. How many times we see God saying, I will? Yeah. Hey, curious. Uh, I'm reading from the New King James, which you usually read from. What version are you reading from now? Just so our folks know. Actually, yes, I do have the New King James as well, Nathan. Maybe I might have pulled up the verses from the NIV, but um, it should have been that one. Oh, man. I am so sorry. I had the NIV open. <laughs> so you're probably wondering what I'm reading. <laughs> forgive me there okay folks i'm so sorry about that i was reading out of the wrong version there i like the uh, niv 84 it used to be my favorite until they changed a lot of things and i switched to the new king james version but yes i digress i am sorry i am back in the new king james version i will be reading what vic's reading <laughs> and nathan that's okay because i have the parallel bible so i have various bibles that i reference and sometimes it's nice to get a different flavor you know yeah, me too. I just forgot to convert back over to New King James. So, like that. 
<laughs> but Nathan, nevertheless, I, I think we get the gist, though, of God there speaking, saying how he's going to do it by saying, I will, I will. And, and that's how the God works in our lives. He is doing a wonderful work and he will bring it to pass. He will accomplish what he said he will do. Yeah. And, and this is the, the beauty of God, that Jewish people are not rejected. When he exiled them, the the remnant would always be there. I, I think, uh, remember when Elijah confronted the prophets of Baal and the Lord destroyed the, the sacrifice that he had made for them. And then Elijah would, killed all the prophets of Baal. But the next day, uh, Delilah, the evil, I'm sorry, uh, Jezebel, the evil queen, wanted to murder him. So all of a sudden he lost his confidence. He ran away. He says, Lord, all of Israel pretty much you know, doesn't want you. And I'm the only one who trusts you. And But they're trying to kill me. And the Lord says, no. I have 7,000 people in reserve who will not bow to Delilah. Why do I keep saying Delilah's? To Jezebel's God. <laughs> and I'm really striking out here, aren't I, brother? Uh, but uh, yeah, and so the Lord always keeps a remnant, and that's what he's going to do. He's going to refine the Jewish people through the 70-year exile. They will get to return back. Uh, matter of fact, they, they rebuild the temple, and it's, um, I think, under Haggai and Zechariah, who... Uh, so in about 70 some years, they, they get everything together again. They're back. But it's a very small remnant. I mean, I'm going through Nehemiah right now in my own personal devotions. You know, he rebuilt the wall and he was counting the actual people living in Jerusalem that returned after this exile. And there's only, you know, a few ten thousands. There wasn't wasn't very much. But that's OK. The Lord wants a remnant that will love him and have a perfect relate or a good relationship with him. And then use that relationship to show the world God's love, and then that draws people to him. So God hasn't changed. He's, he does that with the church today. So it's not just the Jewish people, but believing Jews and Gentiles, we are the new, uh, we haven't replaced Israel, but we're the new Israel, so to speak, and that the Lord uses our lives when we have that right relationship with him to draw people to him. And then one day he will bring a believing remnant out of the Jewish people in modern days uh, through the tribulation to be then priesthood during the uh, millennial kingdom. So God's plans just keep moving forward. I love that. And again, for those of you that just tuned in, you tuned in to a few Bible Prophecy Edition with Batista Nathan Jones with Lamb Lion Ministry. Again, we're talking about prophecy and grace as we look at Ezekiel chapter 20. So thank you for tuning in, Nathan. And, you know, it's just this this chapter is filled with amazing promises and prophecies. Uh, verse 41, the I will, he says, I will accept you as a sweet aroma whom I have. And then he says, I bring you out from the people and gather you out of the countries where you have been scattered. And I will hallow you before the Gentile. And of course, you and I know, speaking prophetically there in the future, as we look at Ezekiel 36 and 37, God's full plan is in effect. They're scattered, but he's going to regather them. And even today, we are those individuals that are seeing that miracle actually happen thousands of years later, as we Israel right now back in their land. Absolutely. You know, this is one of these prophecies that has a near and far interpretation. It's called prophetic perspective. So a lot of prophecies in the Bible will have a near fulfillment, not so near for the Jewish people going to exile at the time. They had to wait 50 to 70 years before they were back and rebuilt the temple. But we know that in 70 AD, the Jewish people were exiled again. And for almost 1900 years, they were exiled out of Israel. And then in May of 1948, they became a nation once more, and they, to this day, regathering back to the nation of Israel. So here, were, when they came back the first time, they only came back from Babylon. The, 
The northern tribes have been spread out by the Assyrian Empire. I've seen genetic results where a, lot, a number of Afghani people descended from the tribe of Manasseh and uh, they, all over the there. But here, uh, we know that when the Lord brings the Jewish people back today, they're coming from all the nations. And that's what it's really is pointed here is that all the nations, I will bring you from the lands, the countries. So this also has a far um, fulfillment. And that is that far fulfillment is 2,600 years after Ezekiel in our day, in our day. Isn't that exciting? That is so exciting. And, and here in this chapter, we see three very important things that you and I have already covered two of them. We see the grace of God there in chapter 20, verses 29 through 32. We see the plan of God there, chapter 20, verses 33 uh, through 41. And, and then next, we're going to see the sovereignty of God there in verses 42 through 44. So the individuals will see that God is a loving God and uh, what his plan will come into fruition in our lives. We you be able to take us there, Nathan, to verses 42 uh, through 44 in case someone doesn't have a Bible? Then you shall know that I am the Lord when I bring you into the land of Israel, into the land, a uh, country for which I raise my hand in an oath to give you to your fathers. And there you shall remember your ways and all your doings with which you were defiled. And you shall loathe yourselves in your own sight because of all the evils you have committed. Then you shall know that I am the Lord when I have dealt with you for my name's sake not according to your wicked ways, nor according to your corrupt doings, O house of Israel, says the Lord God. Mm. And again, Nathan, I just love the, the, the way that God says, I am the Lord. In other words, here's here's what I'm going to do. My, my will is going to be done, uh, not your will. And, and I just love, Nathan, people can fight and kick all they want against God, but ultimately his plan is going to be uh, fulfilled. Uh, I, I I remember Nathan Young, uh, uh, when I first came to know the Lord, I didn't know what God, the God was going to call me to uh, teach his word or to be a pastor. And someone, someone once, asked me, once asked me, Vic, do you think God wants you to be a pastor? And I said, a pastor? That's the last thing I want to be. <laughs> wow. God has a sense of humor. God has a sense of humor, right, Nathan? <laughs> You've been a pastor for many years. <laughs> almost almost 25 or more years, Nathan. But, you know, we people try to run away from God's purpose, God's will. And uh, I tell them you can run, but you can't hide. The good thing is that when you have a personal relationship with the Lord, when you're in God's hand, uh, he's got you covered. His grace is all over you. Along the way, he will correct you. He will prune us. Uh, but we know that his sovereign will uh, will be accomplished. And, and Nathan, Matthew chapter 6 uh, verses 9 through 13, and we're all familiar with that wonderful uh, prayer. And, and I just love it because, you know, the, the idea behind that prayer is, Lord, your, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And uh, we see here in the book of Ezekiel that amazing display of God's will with his people. He's going to regather them. He's going to prune them. Uh, but at the end of the day, uh, is his sovereignty. Uh, so, and, and that's what the way it is in people's lives, right? Nathan, God has a plan and a purpose for them. They're not here by accident. They're here by divine appointment and God wants them to turn to him. And if you don't have a relationship with the Lord and you're part of this program, we want to give you an opportunity to come to Christ while there is still time. Time is short. God loves you and he has a plan for your life. And Nate, as we close, as we only have about a minute left to a program, maybe there's someone out there that doesn't have a relationship with the Lord, but they would like to turn to him now. Can you share with them how they can start that wonderful journey even right now? 
Absolutely. Well, again, the Lord does all this for his name. Isn't that awesome? He made promises to Israel that he would keep, and even if they defied him, he would keep a remnant so that they could inherit the land and the blessings of the millennial kingdom one day. We, too, have inherited blessings. Uh, the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of God, came to this earth, died a terrible death on the cross for our sins, became the perfect sacrifice to pay for the penalty, which is hell, for what we've done, our evil that we have done. And the Lord says when we put our faith and trust in him, our sins will be forgiving. The debt will be nullified, I guess you could say. Uh, the guilt will be washed away, and then you will inherit eternal life with him. So pray from your heart. Something, if you believe in Jesus now as your Savior, then say, Lord Jesus, I know that you did all the work on the cross. You saved me. You love me. I love you too. Please forgive me my sins. I want to be you to be my Lord and Savior. And he'll do just that. And you will become a member of the family of God. Praise the Lord. Thank you so much, Nathan. And if you turn to the Christ today, give us a call, 305-992-9537. We would love to rejoice with you. Or get a hold of us to the website, ChristinProphecy.org. We would love to give you a Bible and a, and, a, and a guide so that you can grow in your relationship with the Lord and let people know that you came to Jesus. And we can also celebrate uh, with you in this wonderful uh, uh, occasion, if you will. So, Nathan, thank you for sharing that. I'm sure there's someone out there who right now was contemplating their relationship with the Lord and came to him. And I know God is going to do a wonderful thing in their lives. Amen. Thank you, too, as well, Vic. Amen. And of course, we ran out of time for this segment of the program. We thank you for tuning in to our program and being part of it. Continue to pray for us. And uh, again, if you're in need of prayer, get a hold of us. We would love to pray for you. And this is Vic Batista and Nathan Jones saying goodbye. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you. You guys have a wonderful day. Thank you for being part of our program.